know what it is to find yourself without hope. I remember what it feels like in my body to have suddenly lost the ability to hope, to no longer understand what that verb could mean for me as an active way of life. I have tried to move in that thick haze, finding myself utterly without words, grasping at straws. Loss does this to us. And my goodness, has this year been rife with it. Fear and pain and loss, they can all leave us unsure of where to go, uncertain where even to begin. Whether we have sustained that loss personally or simply stood in quiet, sorrowful witness to so many people losing so very much this year, it can break us apart, dismantling our ability to see to imagine, and perhaps most distressingly, all this loss can shatter our capacity to hope. This is where we encounter the women of the tomb this Easter morning. I call them that, the women of the tomb, both because they have the striking courage to return there, to this place of raw grief, and also because the tomb seems to define the state of their hearts. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, they are consumed by the tomb and all that attends it. Frustration, deep grief, confusion, terror, awe. These women come setting out at dawn to anoint his body. And as the sun rises, the world seems to have broken completely apart. Nothing is predictable. Nothing makes sense. Hope must have seemed so far beyond their reach that first morning. As I listened again to the story, I saw in my mind the quiet path left behind a tornado. Growing up in the Midwest, I remember vividly the way in which tornadoes so literally take the world and turn it upside down. Barns left teetering on their bare rafters. Ancient trees splintered like twigs. Cars dropped in nonsensical places. Swing sets left where no child could have played. I was never hurt in a tornado. I myself never lost anything. But I remember them with awe. Here, 2,000 years after that first Easter, I think it can be difficult to comprehend how shattered the disciples' world was. Their hope 
their community, their expectation of how this Messiah was going to save them from the Roman Empire. All this had been obliterated. The women come through the rubble of their hearts to the tomb. The morning shadows still stretching long. I imagine they can't quite see clearly. They stumble numbly in their grief, holding each other up as they come to anoint his body. They come because this simple act of care seems to be the only good thing they can do. But there at the tomb, the story begins to shift. The women are greeted by a stranger, someone radiant and absolutely perplexing. He has been raised, the stranger cries. How can this be so? How can he be joyful right now? It must have stung their raw pain. They are amazed by what they hear, yes, but it doesn't undo all they have just witnessed. They are still heartbroken, and they are still terrified, and so they run from the tomb and remain silent. They are still squarely in the ruins the tornado has left behind. They have heard of the resurrection, but they haven't been able to enter into that risen life, not yet. They haven't yet begun to hope again. Here's the thing about tornadoes. The day is often unbelievably calm not long after one passes. The wind subsides, the sky clears, the sun returns. Everything looks so normal if you look up. But casting your eyes across the ground, it is far from it. What comes next is grueling work. It is the slow, tenuous labor of clearing away what has been destroyed, of preparing the land to rebuild, to replant. The return to the life we sought takes a long time and a lot of hard work from the whole community together. I want to suggest that this is where we are right now. It's where those women were as they left the tomb, and I think it's where we are now more than a year into this pandemic. So much has been fractured. The, the pieces of our lives cast about by forces so much greater than any one of us and left in, in disrepair around our feet. Even as the good news of new life comes, it can be difficult to begin to live it right away. I can stand here and say to you that God is making all things new. Right now, even as the pandemic wears on still further and we remain apart. I can insist that as we celebrate the stunning gift and mystery of the resurrection, 
We proclaim that death does not have the final word. Not even here. Not even now. I can come before you on this Easter morning and share the promise that God is with us through it all, that we will come to know that grace and beauty again. I trust this. And friends, these words may still seem awfully far off. It may be that the terror still grips us, that the grief is still too present, that the new life that is coming is beyond that we can yet fathom. And so what I really want to say to you this morning is that it is just fine if hope seems to slip through your fingers these days. Of course those first witnesses at the tomb were perplexed and terrified. We, too, are are standing in the middle of the wreckage. It's okay if hope feels distant. What comes first is the slow and steady work of rebuilding. Painstakingly sorting through all the tornado has left behind. We make a path. We clear the ground slowly. Eventually, we begin to build again. On this utterly strange Easter morning, beautiful and quiet as it is, I want to suggest that this today is just the beginning. Hope doesn't always come roaring back, fully formed, ready to carry us into the fullness of life. I think we need to take time to re-hope ourselves, just as we would rebuild. I think we're being called into a whole season of this work, of making way for hope again. Each bit of, of clearing the broken mess from the ground, each hour spent facing the fear that remains, even even the time in silence, wondering what words might come to describe what we've seen. Each of these acts can begin to cultivate hope once again. Slowly, we pick up the pieces of this hope. Day after day, week after week, until finally it takes hold and is our way, our being. There at the tomb, the women are still too grief-stricken to register hope, too afraid to receive it and live with it. This continues as Jesus appears to more followers, and they can't recognize him. They can't believe it's really happened. It takes time. And so I'm all the more grateful that we have not just this one day of Easter, but a whole season of Eastertide. These 50 days when gradually, deliberately, we can give ourselves over to the practice 
of choosing hope, of offering hope, of receiving it maybe even before we can really wrap our minds around it. This is the sacred work of re-hoping ourselves, of bringing hope back into our center as the source, the reason, the vision. It's okay if you're not there yet. We will keep moving towards hope together for as long as it takes us to get there.